welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. This is a Christmas edition, which means we're not going to talk about any news. We're just going to goof off. Goof off episode with my friend Vic Mattis. How are you doing, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. Long time no see, which, by the way, you can no longer say according to Stanford University's... Oh, is that a thing now? Yes. Their study, the, the their, their IT department came up with this in Cal Poly. You can't say long time no see and brown bag lunch. Brown bag lunch? Yeah, yeah, well, brown. Oh, my goodness gracious. I love how you start off saying no politics, and I gotcha. <laughs> I ambushed you. We're right into right. it. Right. And there's no more. You can't say a blind study. You can't say that. You can't even say personal uh, uh, pronoun preference anymore because that suggests it's a preference, and it's, oh not, it's my not a choice. God. It is oh, all gosh. over the news right now. It's crazy, but that's not what matters. What matters is it's so good to see you because it's been so long since I last I saw you. I know. I haven't eaten since the last episode. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to pull up the list of prohibited words and try to get all of them in. <laughs> you know, I remember there was a great restaurant in Arlington called Oriental Gourmet. Oh, love that's that place. Definitely not allowed. Love that place. Yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. not allowed. Wait, no, no, no. The, the, there's the Peking Gourmet Inn. Oh yeah, that there's is Peking Gourmet Inn. Yeah, that's right. That classic. is still very good. Get a good duck there. Okay. Is is long time no see a uh, ableist? A, a, yeah, it's oh. ableist. Oh really? Yeah, no see. Oh, I thought it was like a syntax thing. Oh. Like it was, I didn't know if that was, if it was aping sort of pigeon English or something. Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's ableist. I don't even know. This is, this is the extent mm-hmm. of my hate and my ignorance. And okay, you can't guys? even, you, and you also can't say things like, for example, oh, I've mastered a skill. Master is bad. <sighs> How do these people live? You know, he, this does actually bother me because it, it, speaking of, speaking of. <laughs> Merry my, Christmas, everybody. <laughs> We fooled you. Speaking of ignorance, mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff really betrays ignorance of actual linguistics. If yeah. you do the research, you mm-hmm. will find that these things don't come from that. For instance, there was a moment where we were trying to make Black Friday racist, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have anything to do with mm-hmm. that. And the origin of it had nothing to do with that. And so let's not. Let's yeah. not pretend that mm-hmm. a thing is racist that is not. Yes. There was the the town in upstate New York, Fishkill. That animal rights people wanted to change because it was so mean, even though it's, you know, it's so mean to fish. Yes. And, and it's kill from the German, like the Kiltal. It's a stream, right? It's, it's, it, oh. the, the word is kill. It's, it's uh, the Kiltal, as we say, I lived in as Germany. the Germans say, as the Germans say, I, when I did my summer in Trier, the Kiltal is the stream valley, right? The tallest valley. You anyway. know, what? there was a Christmas quiz on specifically German traditions, and oh. I almost brought it in for you. Pfeffernus. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, let's do some not that news. Here we go. I wanted to talk about favorite Christmas movies. Of course. Have we done this before? I don't think we have. Uh, Not on our show. Lots of people do it, but they seem to dwell all about Die Hard being a Christmas movie or not, and it's become this thing. It's so overdone. I mean, it's a debate. You have another movie because you decided not only to rewatch this classic movie from the 80s, but you saw... A director's co- no. I listened to a podcast. Oh, I listened podcast. to a podcast about Gremlins. It has always been confusing to me that Die Hard is a debate, but Gremlins is not, because Gremlins is heavily Christmassy. Yeah, I, maybe it's not even maybe because it's no, uh, uh, it's not a question. Maybe it's just assumed it's. But Christmas. it's not. It's not considered in the holiday canon. I don't. Nobody think. brings it up as much. Nobody brings it up. It is a all Christmas all the time movie thing is covered in thing. snow and lights yes the whole thing yeah and also disgusting exploding creatures but There's some great violent scenes in because there. of the weird horror comedy genre mm-hmm. which by the way is my favorite genre of movie and there aren't that many of them and i love them gremlins is not <laughs> given its due in the christmas movie debate and yeah. i don't understand why that is by the way our friend sunny bunch of the subbeacon podcast would make the same argument about Gremlins as he does about Die Hard, and I don't agree with it, that the reason it's not a Christmas movie is because the release date was summer. Oh, that's interesting. Now, here's the so thing about that. So it wasn't the intention, is what you're saying? The intention. Was here's not. the thing about that. I think you have to go on artist intention, not distributor intention, okay? Because I side with the artiste, Sonny, and you're going to tell me... Yeah. That the writers and directors like Chris Columbus, Die Hard and Gremlins mm-hmm. didn't think those were Christmas movies? They sure did. They also were subject to people who were like, we'll make more money if we put this out in the summer. Yeah. That's I mean, what happened. And they do. They made, yeah. Gremlins made a lot of money. And that's why they're iconic movies that are now iconic Christmas movies. 
We can have both. You mentioned this on the last episode we did many moons ago. And that each of those little gremlin creatures was about 40,000. That is what I heard. Now, I have not fact-checked that, but it was on that podcast. Money well spent. Yeah. Dude, they were great. Yes. So did they explain it how, because I'm not even joking right now, how they operated? Well, so what they did explain, which has never occurred to me before, is you will notice that the gremlins are relegated to pretty light movement. Oh, okay. They sit, they yeah. stand, uh-huh. they they ride around in Barbie mm-hmm. sports yes. cars. Yes, <laughs> Barbie Corvette. Yes, I see. Those kind of things. And they make the point that in the 80s and the Jim Henson era, er, error, sorry mm-hmm. guys, era, I know words, in the Jim Henson era, error. that filmmakers knew what their limitations were with practical uh-huh. effects. And so they really kept them in the places where they worked and didn't let them go out of those places. And I think your complaint with CGI sometimes is that they're so preoccupied with what they can do that they yeah. don't think about whether they should. Oh, you very know? Good. good. Great reference, too, by the way. That was very Jurassic Park of you. Yes. It's true. It's like watching Yoda flying all over the place with a lightsaber in one of the early, you know, episode two or three, whatever it is. And it's like, I get it. And it's terrible. You know what that looks like to me is like yeah. if I were making a video on Instagram and I just reversed a clip of me throwing a stuffed animal, that's what it looks like. Yeah, that was, Yoda... that, it looks like that. It looked like throwing a stuffed animal. What I liked about Gremlins is it starred one of my favorite actresses. The guy who plays Billy. <laughs> yes. What was his name? Galligan? No, Galligan? I can't Galligan? remember. Billy. But... Billy, yes. Phoebe no. Cates. Phoebe Cates. And she's very sweet in this movie. So sweet. Very sweet in this movie. She's got a... Those, those eyes. And, you know, she ended up, you know who she ended up marrying. No. And she's still married to this day to him. Who's that? Kevin Klein. Oh, no, really? Yes. Well, that's a nice little couple. Amazing. 80s royalty, that. Oh, my, my gosh. Goodness. But, you know, Phoebe Cates absolutely loved, still love. She's great in it. And Gremlins was kind of scary. Yes. So let me tell you a little story. Did you story. watch it with the kids? Well, let me tell you a little story about what a a self-serving story about what a badass five-year-old I was. <laughs> this movie came out. I, sh- I should actually check the year, but 1984. That makes sense. That's on the timeline. I didn't say five, yeah. I'm fact-checking myself so that no one uses this as oppo against me if I get the dates wrong. So Gremlins came, at, came out in 84. I went to kindergarten in 1985. And in 1985, I carried as my first lunchbox a Gremlins lunchbox, which means... That I had seen Gremlins by the time I attended kindergarten and thought it was cool. I was going to say, was there any aspect of it that you remember of being like, oh, this is scary at the, the funny time? thing is, no, I don't remember being scared. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking Gizmo was mm-hmm. amazing and adorable. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted a Gizmo stuffed animal. Never got one. I guess the, the lunchbox was my consolation prize. But no, I remember like Stripe being sort of scary. Yeah. But I don't remember being traumatized. And there were some really traumatizing scenes in that movie. There was. I think I saw I saw it in the theater. And if it was, what, 84? Then I was about 11 Yeah. that summer. The summer of 1984. I was 11 years old. Great summer, by the that way. Is, that's a sweet spot for Gremlins. Oh, it was. And, I, and I'll tell you two things. One, the scariness. I don't think a lot of people die in the movie, but... The science teacher, I think, does die. Yes, and he, he dies. He dies early and brutally. Yeah, he gets eaten because, like, he reaches in and then you see him scream like well, it and I bit him. Right? There's also a hypodermic needle involved. It's a. Oh it's my like gosh! A, a poor Mister whatever his name is suffers greatly. And then yeah, okay. <laughs> and then you have to edit that thing. I'm not sure what you're talking about, but no, the the old lady in the wheelchair that goes down the ramp. Yes, the the the, the, the staircase. She was that was the great Polly Holiday. Oh, older folks will remember her as Flo from the TV sitcom Alice. Mm. Her great catchphrase was kiss my grits. And I said, oh, look, there's Flo. And I worried about her because she was a mean old lady. So you figured she's going to get it, right? Most people, you know, she she has it coming to her. But in the end, when she goes shooting out the house, house. it's kind of funny, actually. She goes through the window. You see the wheelchair in the snow, but you see her legs moving. So like, oh, she's still alive. She's still alive. Whereas the other... The elder couple, when the the bulldozer comes in, I'm not so sure. No, no, no. It's it's unclear. These guys are these guys are dangerous. They're dangerous. Also, I find that I come to admire the moms in movies much more oh, as, I, as I as I get older. The, the woman. She's a fantastic mm-hmm. mom. She deals with uh, the the dad who's the sort of wayward inventor. Who's by the way off 
at an invention conference at Christmas time, which is a, this is a no pun intended hallmark of Christmas movies. Yeah. Is that there are all these professional obligations happening on Christmas Eve, like a convention of inventions that you must go to. <laughs> and one of them happens to be like the monkey's paw. To sell, you to know, sell your uh, gadget. Yeah. At any rate. She's dealing with him and his crazy inventions, and then she uses his crazy inventions, the bane of her family's existence and her husband's sort of unsuccessful career, to kill the gremlins. It's a great moment. Yes. She's like, here's a juicer for you. The microwave is. I was saying, what was the worst way a gremlin died in that movie? I for think you? the microwave. The microwave, because he explodes. Yeah. He explodes. Blender was Merry messy. Merry Christmas, everyone. Blender was messy, but the <laughs> microwave thing, it was really quite, it was really quite an amazing sight. Because you just see him explode, and that was that was a great little treat. The other thing is the so the gremlin is called the Mogwai, right? Is that yes. what they call it, Mogwai? Gizmo the Mogwai. Giz- Gizmo the Mogwai. By the way, my friend, just because it was so popular at the time, my friend Stevie Starris, they his family, they got a cat that year, and the cat was Gizmo. Oh, this is what they call that's it. Sweet. But here's my thought: Where does he buy that? Where does he purchase the the little Mogwai? Like in Chinatown, right? Yes. There, and there's some there's some discussion on this podcast that I listened to, yes. understandably, about the problematicness well, of the of the guru, the the shopkeeper who sells this, <laughs> and also, by the way, and you'll learn in Gremlins too that Billy is in fact the least capable owner of Gizmo ever. Like he can't. There are right. three rules. They're very important. They're very basic rules. There's three rules, and he you can't know, handle it. Full water and things like that. I thought it was an interesting choice, by the way, looking back at Gremlins. And I think this every time I watch it, that they're not teenagers. They are yeah. they are young adults with mm-hmm. just starting careers. She works at the bar. He has a she has a job at the bar. She's working and at the he, bar. And he I okay. think so. And he has a job at the bank. Yeah. Those are those are their jobs. In this little and town. It's just odd that in she's a, serving in a, them drinks. That's why she's trying yes, to, to keep them all to happy. Keep, to keep the gremlins happy. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Cor- You'd be great at that. I thing. would be very great at that. I fear for my life. I anyway. And Corey Feldman's in this movie, isn't he? A little yes. Corey Feldman. He's yeah. he's the the neighbor kid. He was in like every he actually movie. causes some of the problems. Does he spill the water? Yes. Yeah. Huh? Oops. Leave with the Corey Feldman. Sorry, sorry, whole town. Yeah. You know what else I learned from that podcast? I'm just I'm just actually what I'm doing is just reading just, you the other podcast. Okay, I haven't seen them. I haven't listened to it. So this is great. I but love this it. is this is a cool fact. Apparently, the downtown set is the exact same as Back to the Future. So it's the same town. Oh, that's great. Which leads to all sorts of theories about how this is the same cinematic universe. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Gremlins and... I mean, if there's time... Except for for I don't think it's snowed in Hill Valley. Well... Yeah. Not in that dimension. (laughs) Okay. Anyway... Good for you. You should all watch Gremlins. Maybe not with your children. My children have watched it, by the way. What what do they think? We watched it making... They wanted to watch it. And I said, here's the deal. You can watch it. But we're not getting wandering out of bed in the middle of the night. We're not doing oh, coddly nightmare thing. Oh, oh. We're doing lights out, door shut like we normally mm-hmm. do. And you need to make me a promise that that's going to be okay. And they're like, we can do it. They were totally unfazed. They are more badass than I was. I was going to say, that those, those little warnings, that would scare me enough. Not to see the movie. That's what I thought. No. Now. It now, worked the opposite. I, I, they're like, I, mm, no, sign us up. I, I, need my, I need my cuddling time now. Yeah. Well, forget that then. Forget that. Oh, they they did they did well. They did you well. had you you were asking about favorite your favorite Christmas movies. Yeah. Besides Gremlins, what what do you like this well, time of year? I love a Christmas story. Oh yeah. I think it's fantastic. Do you know I think that people either love it or hate it. It's it does seem polarizing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I know people who don't like it and Like know, Rick really strongly hate it. Well, and I I know people who whose whose judgment I trust who don't like it because they characterize it as very negative. And yeah. I don't find it negative at all. I find it completely charming, perhaps because my own father worked in profanities the same way other artists work in clay or, or oils. Like it, right. like it reminded me of my family and the silliness in my family. And it's very traditional in its observance of Christmas and sort yeah. of rough and tumble American values. I love it. It's also just very clever and funny. I liked it. I think my kids found it annoying and obnoxious, but it really depends on, like, the setting and how you're watching it. But, you know, this whole thing about Depression era, it's quite touching. And, and you know, the little orphan Andy Dakota ring. I mean, it's great stuff. Yeah. And I still make jokes. 
something comes in the mail or something, I say, fragile. Fragile. Oh, must be no, Italian. It's you know? one of those movies where cultural impact. Yeah. Impressive. Oh, huge. Especially, I'm sure, compared to whatever its box office must have been, yeah. you know, which I'm sure yeah. was modest. We should we should look. You know, if I were like a real podcaster, I'd look that mm-hmm. up. There are um, some podcasts where they do box office discussions. I've heard. Yeah. So, but the cultural impact is great, partly because I think TNT ended up playing yeah. it 24 hours a day, which may have been, I believe there was some, there was a, there was a revolt at some point about It's a Wonderful Life being overplayed. And so we needed more Christmas movies. And they threw that one in there. And so this is the Christmas movie that we landed on. And I'm glad. That's a good one. Scrooged, people like that one as well. I think that's Sonny Bunch's favorite in terms of Christmas movies. And and, and that's very good. When you talk about A Christmas Carol, is there a version that you prefer? So my dad used to have us watch the George C. Scott version. That's that's ours as well. That was a classic. I also like the Muppets Christmas Carol, obviously. With Michael Caine. Obviously yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I haven't... My kids aren't really that into Muppets. I guess just the horrifying Gremlin-style ones. The, the ones where they blow up in the microwave, that's <laughs> yeah. cool. But otherwise, they're, nice, they're sweet not, ones. They're not no? into, like, Gonzo. No. So I'm trying to get them to watch Muppets Christmas Carol, but we haven't okay. we haven't landed on that Patrick yet. Patrick Stewart, also a very good yes, Ebenezer Scrooge. quite. Yeah. By the way, there is a sequel to A Christmas Story. I saw the trailer. Okay. I watched the movie over Thanksgiving. You did. A Christmas Story Christmas. I have to, perhaps somewhat surprisingly, recommend it to you. Wow. It was sweet. It was fun. This was direct to, well, as they would say in the old days, direct to video. But this was was strictly on streaming. Streaming. I believe HBO. Okay. Max. Uh And it is, I I also think, directed or produced by the man who played Ralphie. Yes, Peter, and Billingsley take, is Peter Billingsley is in it. And it takes place in the 70s then, right? Yes. So he's grown up and it takes place in the 70s. And he's visiting his old home because his father has just passed away. And Great actor, by the way. That it's, yeah. Yes. It's moving. It's sweet. It adheres to all the sort of American values. And it doesn't... I was, I was interested that it might be modernized a little too much because some of the charm of the other one is that it's like these this old school stuff with the bullies and the punching back and the, yeah. oh the all that was in there still <laughs> and i think that's partly apologetically i hope yeah, yeah and i think that's partly because it was set in the 70s you couldn't oh, set sure. it later so it's set in the late 70s i believe and also the fashion is fantastic and he just sort of relives this christmas but I, worth well, watching what why do, watching. I, why do i think it took place like in the midwest like indiana i it? believe it's Cincinnati. Okay, yeah, yeah. Gene Shepard was, of course. The, I get uh, mixed up because I think the of... I think the actual house from the movie mm-hmm. is in Cleveland, but the movie's not set in Cleveland. Got it. It's set somewhere else. I have a Christmas movie recommendation, and I guarantee you, very few people have seen it. It's so underrated, but it's really, really good. Kate and I both love it. It's called Millions, and it came out in the early two thousands, I think. Directed by Danny Boyle. So you think of Slumdog Millionaire, you think of 28 Days Later, 28 Weeks Later, those zombie horror movies. Right. And he did this very charming Christmas movie about two boys really centering on the youngest boy growing up in England in a hypothetical future England where, this is really funny now, Britain joins the European Union, currency-wise. And what happens is the pounds, you have to exchange your pounds in, in, into euros. And after a certain deadline, it becomes worthless, right? So everyone okay. has to exchange it. There's a massive bank heist. A little pro- Brewster's Millions. Yeah, a little bit on. there. So k- kind of, yes. Yeah. And so there was a bank heist that takes place prior to the, the, the changeover. And as they're dropping off, the, the, the robbers are dropping off along a train tracks, bags of British pounds. Uh-huh. The kid stumbles across it. And so... Robbers are trying to recover it. He sees this money, doesn't know what to do with it. He is fixed it. His mother has died. Their mother has died. And the father, so they moved to a new part of England, you know, one of these new developments out there. And he is fixated with the saints. And the saints start appearing to him, giving him advice about what to do with the money. And it's just fantastic. And then, you know, he's going to his name. The kid's name is Damien. Good Damien. And, (laughs) and. And, Could have gone either way. Right. And then they decide, you know, oh, well, maybe what we need to do is, well, you know, they're like in the next 24 hours, whatever, the deadline's upon us, we need to, then everybody gets in on the action. 
about changing it, changing it over as fast as possible, but the robbers are on their tail, and uh, who's going to save the day? Nice. So you know, okay, I have to check this out. Really quite charming. I don't know this one. The ending is a little silly, but I think it's a reference. Yeah. Catholics listening to the story. I think it's a reference to the house of Laredo, which is the house that got moved from Bethlehem or Nazareth to Italy, oh. miraculously. Okay, Mur- just going to leave it at that. Look at it. it's the house of Laredo, and this is kind of a house of Laredo moment at the mo- at the end. But the saint cameos are fantastic. Nice. Okay, I will check this out. Oh, just a little update here. The modestly budgeted little comedy, A Christmas Story, opened in 1983, the week before Thanksgiving. On fewer than 900 screens, the film took in about $2 million in its first weekend and doubled that Thanksgiving weekend. Solid business for the time. It made about $20 million overall. That's it. Yeah. And by the way, that... The well, it's like act- office space. It's correct. The actual house is in Cleveland, ah. and it's for sale right now. So There you go. Maybe, maybe I'll go there next. <laughs> do you, are, do you, are you a... What about the old movies? Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life, Like Christmas, that sort of thing. I'm, I've never been huge... On any of them? On any of them. <gasps> And I think this is a holdover from my childhood when I was like, eh, to black and white. That's a holdover for me now. I know. But like, with very few exceptions. Those, those were my dad's movies, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I, some of them I enjoyed. But yeah, I never got into I love Natalie Wood, though. So that's the exception. She's very there. sweet She's in this so movie. So cute. It's when she was still innocent. It's a Wonderful Life. I think I fell victim to being it, it being overplayed when I was a child. So it was always on. I didn't see it until I was grown up. Really? Yes. How did you miss it? Our family. You, you, were, we you were watching much dirtier things. Oh, we were. We were actually, you know. <laughs> but, you know, we, did, we watched Invasion of the Body Snatchers. We, we didn't know. Our family had no sort of cultural reference or uh, coming from the Philippines of what's a classic. Right? It was just like a, you know. There's also an, uh, an exception to my old movies, classic movies rule, A Holiday Affair. It's a 1949 romantic comedy set at Christmas. I don't think I'm with that. It stars Robert Mitchum oh. and, I, and Janet Lee. Really? And that one, that one I do enjoy. Robert Mitchum is a nice guy. Robert Mitchum is a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the romantic interest, and he's courting a single mother who's a secret shopper at various department stores. Oh, got it. Yes. And she's not, you know, doing super well financially. She has one child, I believe. She's widowed, and she has a a suitor or a fiance who's sort of the Bill Pullman car- character. Where and Robert Mitchum comes swooping in as this the like Bill handsome Pullman, the Bill Pullman character. You know who you I'm know, talking you about. You know what we're talking about out there. And Robert Mitchum sweeps in, and they have all this chemistry, and it's a fun, it's a fun one. Well, I will say, here's a movie I'm not going to recommend: White Christmas. So I finally saw that. Oh, I do love White After, Christmas. Oh my Sorry. Gosh. <laughs> I know people feel t- tell me about this. I got colleagues like Tim Rice who are like, "How dare you not like White Christmas?" I saw it for the first time after I got married, and we're there in Connecticut. Christmas in Connecticut. Oh, you and watched it in New England? Yeah, I watched so it nice. in New England, and it was like, shoot me now. <laughs> I feel like it just goes on forever, No, and it's so corny. It's very corny. And the, and like, okay, Bing Crosby, Rosemary Clooney, fine, yeah. right? But Vera, what's your name? Vera Miles, whatever, mm-hmm. if you're, and, and, and Danny Kaye, eh. You don't, you don't find their chemistry enthralling? <laughs> Shockingly, there's none. <laughs> there is none. the The scene on the, you know, where it finally, like, I, I'll give it a chance. I say, I'll mm-hmm. give it a chance, mm-hmm. right? It's not even in black and white; it's in color, right? Yeah, it's At the time, I'll give it a chance. Okay, you know, I like the Great American Songbook, and so they're on the train, and they start off with this song called "Snow, Snow, Snow, Snow." snow. Right. Snow. It was pretty good. Yes, that scene <laughs> I felt was longer than the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I do. I really do. So just. I'm I'm so I'm so here for it. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why. And I I got my kids into it too because I'm like, you got got to check out the clothes in this this movie because they are beautiful. The dresses are beautiful. Every ensemble is beautiful. I'm here for the throwback settings, like the train car in which they're singing "Snow, Snow, Snow, Snow." It is. It's not Amtrak. No, that's a very different look. By the way, they're roughing it sitting in that car that looks like. So luxurious yeah, no compared kidding. to anything no, no, we have no. now. There's nothing and like the, that now. The bartenders in there serving oh. up drinks. Oh, it's a I'd beautiful spend the thing. entire time in the cafe car. All but right, it, but yeah. it is fundamentally a, a silly. Mo- it's a silly movie, you, right? You, Schlocky. You, it's fine. You, you mentioned throwback, Holiday Inn. Now Holiday Inn is black and white, and, and that's, that's where the, the song, the predecessor to White Christmas, or, or like, but that that yes. was the origination and, of and, that song, and yeah. that and that's where the song White Christmas, yes. you know, where it was played. That movie's problematic. The Lincoln 
the Lincoln birthday celebration scene. Oh, I don't. Oh, remember yeah. That. There's there's That's, also a mm, there's also yeah. in White Christmas not with makeup, but there is a song that mentions oh menstrual shows. Are they and, doing it in sort of an accent? No, there's oh, not. Okay. Because like the said, one in Holiday Inn visually, is something. Oh, okay. Visually, yeah. no, there's not a lot of nods to mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. but it is in the lyrics. Yeah. So, what, what, Holiday Inn, yeah. by the way, beautiful. there's a beautiful story about how White Christmas was written, which I've always thought was yes. amazing, which is that it's Irving Berlin, correct? Mm-hmm. He was asked to write a song for each holiday for this movie, Holiday Inn, and he stumped on Christmas. He's, of course... An American Jewish man. Yes. And he goes off to some, I don't know, like uh, like mountain, decamps to the mountains with his, with someone there to like a, a assistant yes, to help him out. Accompanist. And and he goes up there. Oh, I, no, I don't think she's with him. He calls her and he says, he writes this song and he goes, I've just written the greatest Christmas song ever. No, check that. I think I've written the greatest song ever. And he wasn't wrong because until no. recently, yeah, that was. White Christmas was the greatest selling yeah. and played single yeah. of all time, yeah. Yeah. recently eclipsed by Mariah Carey's All I Want oh, for Christmas. Oh, man. <laughs> but killing I've me thought, on this show. You're such killing a, me. But it's such a beautiful story of American multiculturalism. Yeah, that's right. And the idea that at, in the time, in the era of World War, World War II, an American Jew yeah. writes one of the most beautiful Christmas songs of all time. It's very American. And an anthem for those who were fighting overseas That's because right. it made them all homesick mm-hmm. about and made them think about their homes and their white Christmases. It's a beautiful story. It's like you're reading aloud my mother-in-law's email. You know, the, the one that starts, the subject is FWD, right? FWD. And it's how white Christmas. You're welcome. You're you know what? <laughs> if this podcast is good for anything, it's for reading forwarded Forwarded emails. emails. Okay. All right. Great. <laughs> I just, uh, I do, what, I love that story. What are you going to, what are you, I guess because listeners right now, I can say it this way, who knows, what are you binging on now with, with, with I, baby? Uh, you gonna, I, what do you, do you have, do you have in your mind what you want to so do? So one thing, you, you I have, I have a plan. Mm-hmm. I've been holding off on White Lotus. Oh yeah, I haven't seen, everybody's talking about it. Yeah, I watched the first season, but I haven't watched the second and I was almost going to start the second and I was like, nope, save it. Save okay. it. Okay. So I'm going to try that. But if you have other suggestions, I'm open because I feel like during my during my last pregnancy, which was many moons ago, as you know, just kidding. It was last year. I was very sick and I feel like I watched all of Netflix. (laughs) And so I really I need some replenishing. You're asking the wrong person. As you know, I'm. Movies and TV are yeah. You're done with those. Uh, it's dead. I am so behind. The only thing that the the, entertainment is entertainment center. I already canceled my Stubbs A list membership in AMC, which is saving me tens of thousands of dollars. I feel like we ha- we also have some sort of internet streaming problem in our t- in our house. So the only thing I can get right now is Netflix. So the only thing I've been watching there is you go. Chef's Table from like old episodes. And I just saw the one with Tim Rawa, who is the chef from Berlin. It's so good. Okay. If you're into that, table. Okay, I'm writing, into that sort of thing, don't. I'm you're going to hate it. Down. You're going to say you no, are I like, crazy. I like, I like cooking stuff in okay. general. Um, Although it makes me yeah. overambitious sometimes, and I'm like, I could do that. You, can't. you know what it does? I watch an episode, and I want to try to mm-hmm. be better. Okay. And including the kitchen table, like to be neater about things. The kids don't care. D- no. They don't care. But of course they don't. No, no, I'm trying oh, we, to turn this into Blue, Blue Hill. And very quickly, yeah. an aside. Yes. We had a fantastic dinner this week. A friend from Texas sent me steaks oh and they were so ridiculously good can you say uh, where the steaks are yes from? so i told my friend jenna jenna lee formerly of fox news a business fox news business correspondent yeah. and fox news channel anchor that that i was anemic in this pregnancy and she's like here's some steaks what's a better friend than that Snake River Farms. Oh, yes. Woo! Oh, my goodness. goodness. That is fancy. That's from way out west. Oh, my gosh. So great. And what, I came what, downstairs. What are your and cuts? I, what do you got? Well, I I don't even know because it I, it disappeared so fast, Vic. I <laughs> I didn't see the... I, by the way, nice nice present also because for the adults, great, nice cuts of meat. For the kids, dry ice. Oh, they just like the try it to play with? They, they had so much fun. Did you have like a nightclub? Yeah, no, no. They were sitting in the kitchen, like in the mist, reading their little books, just like like they were little witches. 
That's great. That's great. <laughs> but I don't even know what cuts because I just strips, consumed ribeyes. it. Strips, ribeyes. Strips or ribeyes. Filet. Filet. And Steve cooked them. I didn't even know he was cooking them. I came downstairs oh, one night and I was like, like, I want to make a And steak. he's like, I don't know if it's too rare. Cause I eat oh. mine rarer than he does. Good so he's you. always like unsure. And I was like, no, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh. And we did give the kids some. Just We didn't deprive them entirely. We did give the kids some. And it turns out I've, I've learned with my older kid. I learned when my dad came to town and made steaks. She doesn't. She eats like a bird. She's not into protein in general. You put a steak in front of that child, she only wants steak. Oh, my gosh. That's who she is as, as a, a person. After my own heart. Yes. No, that's good. So she's like, this is fantastic. And I was like, well, don't get used to it, sweetie. Chicken nuggets for you. I would let you know she's going to be asking for like Wagyu A5. Yes, you she know. is. Yeah. Well, Miyazaki. What do, you, what do you want for Christmas, sweetie? <laughs> that's what I would ask for. Just a couple ounces. Anyway, that was an aside. I just had to oh, tell you guys. That was a that's wonderful. Fantastic meal. Chef's table reminded me of it. Smoking Goose is a great place in Indiana, and that's where we got our Christmas hams. There you go. From this year. And I had gotten, they call it a banana ham because it is, you know, they, they it's not all infused, but, you know, it's like with the brine from pawpaw, which is the Indiana oh, official nice. fruit. Oh. Mango-like, it's called, I guess, our Friends, Emily Schultheis, for example, I'm yeah. sure she's familiar with the pawpaw. And that and a little bit of a rum spice thing going on on the outside. So that's what we have. Smoking Goose is great. They do a lot of cured meats. In terms of binging, I'll tell you what I've, I still have yet to see. What's that? Breaking Bad. Oh, my goodness. I know. And I want to see it just so I can see Better Call Saul. Yeah. Well, okay. I think I liked Better Call Saul better than- Everybody says that. Better than Breaking Bad. Everybody says that. Now, so. here's the thing about shows like that. And by the way, I would love suggestions if mm-hmm. you want to email hammered at nebulouspodcast.com or at me on the Twitters. The thing about that is you've got to be ready for your dark journey. And I'm never yeah. feeling ready for my dark journey. Right? Well, Someone else has to push me into it. Yes. You know, I, I think I have to do that with my wife because I hear the first couple episodes are tough. I, I'm fine. I yeah. can get through it. I don't think she'd like that. And it's it's worth it. Once you're into it, it's yeah, worth it. Yeah, that's what it is. It's worth the, pay, the payoff. But to me, biting off something, The Wire is the one that I've never done I've uh, done beginning the, to I've end. done The Wire. And I've watched some of it, but I know how dark it is. And I just, my brain is not, season, my brain and soul do not want me to start that journey. Season three or four focuses on the kids and the impact of that world in Baltimore inner city on the children. Children meaning school kids. Right. It's so depressing. It's so much. I, it's an amazing series. And I know series. it's wonderfully done. It is an amazing series, but it will, it's like it haunts you. And it's not the kind of thing where you want to go back and revisit ep- old episodes. It's not like The Sopranos. You can go back anytime. They're great episodes. By the too way, depressing, I've just too totally heavy. skipped over the idea that I could read books while I'm hang- hanging out with a newborn. Oh. We're just, just we're, missing that. Do you, do you, speaking of which. <laughs> yeah, I've got a book editor, a book, a book review editor over here. I can tell you so many hand. books to read that I have not read. Do you have... Uh, you just read the reviews, and that's that, enough. That, that's right. Okay. You had a couple things on your list here. AITA. Oh, yes. Do People that? enjoy when we do yeah. Am, Am I the yeah, A-hole. Yeah, yeah, So throw, let's, give them, let's give them a little throw, bit of that. Throw, throw it to it. So I looked, I looked for something a little more Christmas-themed, but apparently people aren't getting in enough fights over Christmas mm. stuff right now. Good sign, anyway. <laughs> so I'm glad for them. But I thought this was interesting. This is about a pool. This is, so. a, weird, this is a weird one. A post about a mother asking her 16-year-old daughter to pay her share of the cost of a swimming pool that was installed for her when she was 12 has gone viral on Reddit, where it received 12,700 upvotes. In a post shared on Reddit's Am I the A-Hole subforum under the username Swimming Pool, Am I the A-Hole, the mom said her daughter wanted to have a swimming pool in the house when she was 12. We made an agreement that we would install a pool, but that once she was old enough to start working, she would pay us back for half of it. She quickly agreed. The user said her daughter is now 16 years old, working at her first job, and wants to save up for a prom dress. I reminded her of our agreement about the pool, and she no longer wants to uphold her end of the agreement. I insisted, threatening to take away phone and car privileges if she doesn't pay her father and me back. She says father and I, but I couldn't handle saying that. (laughs) Who asked? Said the mom who asked, am I the a-hole for asking my daughter to uphold her end of the deal? The daughter was a... 12-year-old when she, quote-unquote, made the deal. Did she sign? Was there a lawyer present? I mean, she was 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 a minor and she still is a minor. Notarized? Right. She was a minor. I was going to say she was a minor at the time. She's a minor still. I get get it. I get it. They made it. I have a lot of questions, though. One, what what does that mean, a pool for her? Did no one else use in the pool? 
Is it a lap the pool? Mom, the mom says that no one else was super enthused about the pool, but the kid really wanted the pool. I mean, So it, they said, okay. Aquarium is one thing, which, by the way, goes through the same trajectory of I want it, I want it, and then nah, nobody else. Wants yeah. It. And, then, and then, like, Kate's the one who cleans the tank. So is it like that? I mean, is it – and she said pool in the house. I assume that what they mean is – I mean, at yeah, the, yeah, house, in the house. Surely it's not it's, an indoor right. pool. Right. So it's not, a lap, it's not a lap pool because those things are fancy. Pools are expensive. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much. What is her share? A lot. Oh. They said they said half. Okay. Here's here's like tens of thousands of dollars. Here's, isn't it? here's my take. Yeah. Team mom. Team oh, mom. Pay up, kid. Bad. No, no, no. I, I actually I actually do think that the kid should be put on some kind of scrape off like you gotta okay. you gotta yeah. take mm-hmm. she's you gotta take some of the you gotta mm-hmm. garnish the wages <laughs> if if this was the agreement made now here's what i would do with the 12 year old yes if this was the agreement made she needs to follow through on the agreement mm-hmm. and i would lessen the total amount that's what i would do i say okay. look we, we made an agreement yeah about when you started working i think it's a valuable lesson about how it working is a works. very painful life lesson yes and that you have to follow through through on these things. And here's the other thing. The other reason I'm team mom is because if I made this deal, I would follow through on it. Now, the question is, would I make the deal in the first place? No, I would not for such a large item. <laughs> but if I made the deal, I think it's more harmful not to follow through in some way than it is to make the deal in the first place. You're trying to instill the idea that there are consequences. Yes. I may be the a-hole. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, That's th- my job as a parent. She'll, but the, but the, eventually, if this doesn't work out, she will learn consequences. For example, if she goes to school and she has to take out a, a college loan, I'm sure she has to pay that back. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you you want a prom? <laughs> Jennifer's laughing. She missed it. She said, got to take out a student de- student loan for college. I'm sure she'll pay it back. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, of course. Everyone yeah. has to, right? Yeah. Isn't that how it works? To. That's how it works. Okay. No, I just think there's got to be some gesture to the original deal. It would mm. not need to be fully honoring that deal right, right. made when you're 12. Right. I understand. But I need a little something. something. Yeah. Mama, a, mama a, needs her payments. Pound, not a pound of flesh. Okay. <laughs> and then there was another so, one. There was and an, then, by yeah. the way, if you cut down the amount per paycheck, she can put stuff toward a prom dress as well. But there needs to be a little bit of give. She can make her own prom dress. Isn't that a movie? Out of duct tape. Yeah, <laughs> or something like that. Newspaper. Uh, uh, there was a pregnancy AITA. Oh, well. yes. I thought this one would be appropriate for this time of oh, my life. Oh, this is a weird one. Yeah. Okay. They're both weird. I mean, they always are. <laughs> a mom-to-be refusing to let go of the baby name she chose five years ago is being slammed online in a post. This is a this is a British forum of the same yes. nature. It has a, a, nicer, yeah, yeah. It's a nicer term to yeah. it. Am I being unreasonable is what they call it there. It's so nice. That's so nice. Okay. So she's 38 weeks pregnant. And her husband has changed his mind about the baby name they had chosen. But it sounds like it's more her choice than his choice. A couple months ago, he made a slight musing about not being as confident with our name choice, she wrote. I brushed it off as he was having other baby-related worries at the time. And his reasoning was a bit weak. Five people started at his work with the name and he was hearing it a lot and decided he didn't like it anymore. However, her husband is now certain that he wants a different name for their child, but the poster is refusing to budge. In the poll attached to the post, 90% of users said the woman is being unreasonable by not considering a name change. Wow. What, which side are you on on this one? What is the name? They don't uh, specify. Okay, so this But takes... it's common enough to be in a, a workspace in a lot of, you know, five people in a workspace. So the objection would be that it's too common, not that it's too weird. Yeah, but this also takes place in England. Yes. So the name is Nigel. Or Gemma. Or Gemma. <laughs> Nigel or Gemma. Okay. Right. Fine. (laughs) Fine. It's weird because the deal, the the unwritten, unspoken deal on this is when you finally commit to putting that name down on the birth certificate, it is, I assume, both the mother and the father are in agreement. Yes, we want this name. So what I'm saying is he objects to her name. She... They just have to come up with a name that they both. She doesn't have yes. to accept whatever he right, wants, right. an alternative. They can find a third or fourth alternative, but they have to come to an agreement. I'm just dying to know what the name is. I'm on the fence on this one because 38 weeks is a little late to be raising a very yeah. hard objection. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you had a hard objection a couple months ago, that's a little bit more reasonable. Like we're, 
till the end, we're throwing around names. Yeah. Not with the last one. We figured that one out. And there needs to be some give and take. Like if there's a family name from one side, then you, maybe you give more weight to the other side on the other name, right? Oh, yes. That, Middle name options as well. To, that's a thing. You as can, a, as you a can, nod you can different. You can, shall we say, negotiate. Yes. The no, art of the deal. Absolutely. But like 38 weeks is late in the game to be like, nah, I'm nixing that. If she's had her heart set on it with the understanding that he was okay with it for five years. Then. Ugh. Then. Also, you know, she got to do that labor and stuff. So yeah. Also, these things change. The trend might change again. I mean, think about think about if you watch the baby name tracker thing and you type in right now, Karen. Oh gosh, I know several lovely Karens. Me too. And and it's like it's it's just a shame because I bet you nobody's looking at that anymore. It's just like the name Adolf until 1933. You know, it's like all of a sudden nobody wants to be a- really. How many Adolfs do it? Does anybody you know? know? It's a you name know? that I kind of wish more people used, Elvis. Uh, yeah, but well, it is so. Uh, well, Elvis so, Chan. Elvis Chan. Well, yes, it, a, in reference to it, another Twitter. another sorry. news story. Sorry, sorry. The FBI agent in charge of the San Francisco office that was colluding frequently with yeah. Twitter execs to censor Americans. He has the bizarre. This, crazy name elvis chan which is fantastic like where did that come from but i do think the name elvis is so iconic that it's tough to give it to a kid yeah i think it's a cool name i think if you are latin american Mm. you can get away with elvis well you can get away with jesus if you're oh sure yeah it's kind of i can't do jesus no it's kind of odd to be but we know i know i know jesus as well filipinos we had my husband and i had one name that we it's funny we both had one name that we really liked for this kid and then sort of converged on one that we both sort of liked. And mm-hmm. we're like, well, maybe that's the answer because it's not a strong first for either of us, but it's so a it's, consensus it's pick. It's a consensus pick. And, you know, those are always sexy. But then it showed up in the top 10 list of names this year. And yeah. I was like, I don't know about that. I don't know. It's a tricky thing. True story. When our daughter was born, we did not know what we were going to name her. Really? Until after she was born. She was already under the heat lamp. Well, do you... And we, sub- were, we, were, we, were, we were down to two. Okay. So we went back and forth, back and forth. Well, she has a lovely name. Thank you. Did you... Do you subscribe to the idea that once I meet this child, I will know what the child's name is? No. <laughs> so people will tell you that. Oh, yeah. Oh, people tell you, know, you that. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. They're okay. just kind of like potatoes at first. Do I, don't, we, do, I don't know if that's going to be screaming a name to me. <laughs> Mary, Mary Catherine, yes. you sent this in an email. Do we have time for a Christmas food and drink quiz or no? I didn't peek. I don't know. the. I, I know neither the answers nor the questions. Okay. I don't think you're going to be super stumped. But oh, okay. just for fun, okay. we're going to do. Let's start with an easy one. <laughs> food and drink quiz. Okay. In the Christmas song, what's roasting on an open fire? Oh. This is just a warm-up. Chestnuts. Maron. Maron, as they say in French. Chestnuts. Which day of the week is a Christmas pudding traditionally made on? <laughs> that one I had. Christmas pudding? Is that English? Yes. Deal with it. Um, that's where okay. many of... That's uh, from whence many uh, of our traditions uh, come. Uh, Monday. Wrong. <laughs> Give me six more Sunday. Chances. Give me six more. I was so Sunday. close. I was off by a day. More specifically, on stirrup Sunday, when you traditionally make a Christmas pudding on the last Sunday before Advent, around you, five weeks before Christmas. Do you have to wear the crowns that they all do? Those paper crowns when you're making the Christmas. By the pudding? way, I'm not down with a Christmas pudding. Have I, you have no, you watched people make British puddings? They don't I even saw, deserve the word. Pudding. Are you ready for this? There's like, a great YouTube. J e l l o would yeah, be yeah, 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 no. dismayed. I would no. They take they take their baking very seriously. Know, My wife loves that bake British baking. Show. British Bake Off is a fantastic show, but the food does not look fantastic. It it depends. I saw there's a great video of Alton Brown doing a rib roast. She you knows one of my specialties. But Alton he, Brown, University of Georgia alum. Really? Yeah. Go dogs. Smart guy, and he makes on the side a Yorkshire pudding that looks out of control. Okay. All right. All right. I will listen to Alton Brown. According to the old English tradition, which coin was placed in the Christmas pudding mixture? <laughs> I don't ever had a Christmas pudding. I'm just going to deal with it. Deal with it, Vic. What coin? Mm-hmm. Oh, like six pence. Bingo. Oh, it's the only thing I know about <laughs> British, the only like, British coin you sterling, know. You know, I just, I just, you know, what else is there? Okay. Eggnog is made of eggs, milk, sugar, and what? Oh, okay. Eggs, milk. milk. Sugar and, and bourbon. 
Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spot you this one. Thank you. That's they, a, they say they say cream, which might also oh, be true. Oh, right. but it no, can't, you do need cream. It can't be. No, 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 no. Did she? Did you say milk? Yes. Yeah, I mean the milk is. The, I, mean, I think that the milk Look, is the cream. This is why I'm spotting this for you because I think you're right that eggs, milk, sugar. Whether it's cream yeah, or milk, what you're missing yeah, yeah. is brandy or bourbon. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what you're missing. And nutmeg. You got to do the nutmeg. Yeah, okay. Are you a fan of eggnog? Yeah. Oh, I love eggnog. This is a perennial question. I love like I love the McDonald's eggnog. Wow, shake. look at you. Yeah, no, I, I love it all. I do. It's very egg. You don't? I don't like eggnog. Which it's is very weird. distinct. It's very. Do you like milkshakes? Yes, and I'm told it's just an alcoholic milkshake, that's but it don't it, it don't taste like no mudslide to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe high school to early college maybe MK needs, maybe would needs, beg to differ. It needs to be stronger. I love a good eggnog. Okay. No, I think look. I gotta make my own eggnog. It's, I'm so it's tired those, of the, the store bought. It's one of those foods that I didn't like as a child. Obviously, not alcoholic. Yeah. I didn't like as a child, and it's in my head as a thing I don't it's love. Eggy. And it's I, it might be partly the name mm-hmm. and the thickness. And it just... Uh, well, I mean, literally. I think it's your expectation. Go into it thinking you're having a vanilla milkshake. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. I'll try it. I'll try it. This year, Anything I will try else? more. Okay. What else? Let's see. Let's do a few more. Which food and drink company helped popularize the image of Santa Claus's red and white outfit? Coca-Cola. Bingo. The best Santa. The best Santa there that is. That was a good one. A popular... This, this one's also international. You ready? Mm. A popular dessert choice for the holidays. What is a croquembouche tree made of? Have you seen those? They're they're franche. Oh, they're fr- <laughs> French little pyramid style, uh-huh. like conical. Okay, all right. And they're well, made of a pastry. Oh, a pastry! I was going to say marzipan. Mm-mm. No, a, a pa- they're made of a pastry. You mean like a like? You uh, would find these in a patisserie window. Milfoul. Oh no no no! Like like oh is it like what do you call those things? Coke. Uh, Oh, forget it. Just tell me. Profiteroles. Pro- oh, profiteroles. I was it was on the tip of you my were tongue. Almost there. I think you yeah, were I was almost there. there. I love right. profiterole. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got here. What's which spirit? I'm going to ask you another Christmas pudding question. Uh, what did you get this from? Like the BBC? No. <laughs> Apparently, there's the writers just should, very into Christmas should, yeah, pudding. Yeah, you should ask me the, the you know the, I want to do the I want to do the questions from Hickory Farms. That's what I want to do. Okay, which All spirit right. is traditionally poured on top of a Christmas pudding and then lit? Oh, that's a good one. Is it going to be? I don't know. Is it is it Scotch? It's brandy. Oh, I was so close. It's 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 yeah. Like, yeah okay. Of I course. mean, that's like a kind. It's, it's just a little bit more fortified. That's okay. What it is. Okay. Okay. This this is a this is a cocktail question. All right. But it's an Italian cocktail. All right. Do you know some Aperitivos, of those? Aperitivos, some of them. In Italy, festivities start with a warming glass of Bombardino. What is the drink made of? Uh, Zambuca. It's brandy. Amaretto. Brand- brandy and advocat. Who's oh, okay. advocat? That was way off. Never it's mind. Out of, are we going to have to make this for yeah. for yeah. you? You should serve Even this for day at New Year's. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Man, I'm swinging You're a fine. miss. You're fine. You're fine. Another fact from this because I'm not going to. How bother. many of our listeners are like know the answers? That's what I want to know. We'll find another that. fact from this is mm-hmm. I'm not going to bother you with more British foods. Mincemeat should be stirred oh. clockwise for good luck. That's the thing <laughs> I learned. <laughs> Thank you. I'll think about that. When All I right. Make my next. This this one's a little pie. bit. A little bit more American. All right. Which festive sweet treat is shaped to resemble a shepherd's staff? Oh, the candy cane. Oh, oh come on now. Okay. Which, by I... the way, everybody, all the kids want it. They're rarely actually eating it. Oh, no. Candy canes are Unless one of those things. Unless you crush things. it into a cookie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the good or stuff. Pepper, or peppermint bark, which is yes, what my yeah, child is made bark. of right now. Peppermint, yes. No, candy canes are one of those things that's like a testament to our incredible prosperity. That This is trash candy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a... It's a wonder, right? Like they learn to twist the colors together. They yeah. learn to yeah. twist yeah. the candy yeah. and make it yeah. malleable That's and then dry. Cool. I mean, it's like a truly a wonder. And for only, In Little House mm-hmm. on the Prairie, if they saw a candy cane, oh their minds would have been blown. Yeah, and my been... kids are like. <laughs> yeah, they're dime a dozen. A dime a dozen. By the way. I am too. In, I don't really in, like them. In the, movie Viol- in the movie Violent Night, David Harbour, who plays Santa, yes. has to use a candy cane to great effect. I I am going to watch that movie. You can imagine. Okay. I'm going to watch that movie and I'm going to watch Cocaine Bear. Actually, these are good things to binge while I'm home. <laughs> and one last story, because I'm one last question, because I've never yes. heard this before. And I'm sure it's British, too, because I've stumbled on this crazy British quiz. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Bounceberry is another name 
for which Christmas berry? Oh, oh, that would be the the dingleberry. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a cranberry. Oh, forgot. Do you know? I'm going to call them bounce berries from now on. We had recently cran- cranberries at our friend's Christmas party, right? In the punch bowl. Right. I hope it was not appro- inappropriate towards the end of the night. I was just reaching into the punch bowl to take out the cranberries with my fingers. <laughs> I to- mean, how low was the punch? It was high up there. Okay. And I don't think that's okay, but go but ahead. But when you take a bite, I just use my fingers. <laughs> it it burst with flavor, the fresh ones. So not the shriveled up dried okay. ocean spray, but the actual fresh Is cranberry. Is that too sour for you? Yeah, no, I like the sour. It was mm. wild. It was very sour, it was but it was wild. wild. Oh, oh. <laughs> Our our hostess Lauren is uh, speaking oh, of minds amazing. blown. She's is going to be like, you were doing what? To the no, somebody commented to like, oh, I see you're just going right in there, <laughs> bursting with anti. I, you know what? I needed the antioxidants because of my, you know, my A one C. You're pre diabetic. I'm pre diabetic. Okay. Oh my gosh. Are we are we ready to call it a year? <laughs> sure. All right. I, I have two shout outs. Okay. One is two weeks ago or last week, I should say. Met one of our youngest listeners in person no to joke. the show, Amelia Merrick. She is maybe four, going on four. Love it, love it. She We're was so appropriate. Just, yes. just tell her to be ready to pay for a pool someday. Well, yeah, I had her sign the. Con- I had her sign <laughs> it because you know as soon as, as long as you sign it with a scribble, it yeah. counts. Yep. She was at a an office related gathering, and she was very excited to see the face that matched the voice. Love it. Scared, maybe. Right, right. But no, like, that's not what I expected. <laughs> I get that a lot, by the way. But she did let me carry her because she said she was so excited to Aww, meet her mother. Nice. Her mother said she, I was, she was very excited to meet. So I did. I carried her around. And that was lovely. And I have my other, my other last call out of the year is to our amazing producer, Jennifer Huffle. Oh, so big uh, claps. She puts up with the talent, <laughs> as, as we're called derisively, the talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show would not be possible without her. So thank you, Jennifer. Tis true, tis true. And she's a great gauge by her facial reaction on whether jokes are good or they bomb. Or there's too much. Or oh, yeah, just well, too or much. Just way over. Yeah. Just way over. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to say that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. Yes, that's right. We are taking this year out in style. In the new year, we'll work on self-improvement. We don't need to do that right now. If you are a new listener with us, maybe from the Ruthless Podcast or elsewhere, welcome. Thank you for hanging out. Occasionally, we do nonsense episodes when we're not doing news episodes. So stick with us here at Getting Hammered. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs>